0: Time for the word. Come on, you guys. Give it up for our senior pastor, Pastor Troy Thompson. Take your Bible. Go with me to Mark. Take your Bible. Go with me to Mark 8, verse 22. That's that's the text for today. But there's another one I'll I'll start with, Mark 8, verse 22. And as I get started, I'll. I'll say things that have nothing to relate to the sermon, okay? I'll just say other things, okay? Um, You know, you, you, you can't allow yourself to affirm dysfunction. When I said earlier that we've normalized the absence of God, you can't allow yourself to normalize dysfunction. If you allow yourself to normalize dysfunction you will become deformed, right? You won't be formed into the image of God. You will will be deformed into the image and likeness of the perversion that that you're allowing to have function in your life. If you, if you give too much, this is why the Bible cautions us often to come, come out. You, in it, you are in it, but you, you can't let it get in you. And when you allow it to get in you, when you normalize, see, this is what happens. When we normalize dysfunction, we give access to deformation. And we wonder why things don't work, because you weren't made to function that way. And the Bible tells us to be renewed, so that way you can be transformed. He knew you would be deformed, and that it would take a transformation to get you back to the original. Mark 8. Let me say this. It, uh, you know, God's going conti- to finish the vision. Yes, he is. He's going to finish. He finishes what he starts. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he is? He's alpha. Yeah. He finishes what he starts. He, he, he made the beginning and the end he, all the same. He, if, he finished, if he starts it, He's going to finish it. I want to talk to you today about vision. It's, I, I think it's so important that we as believers develop a compelling vision for our life. If, if you don't have a vision, let me tell you what the Bible says. You should listen to this right now. You should open your eyes and look at me. Proverbs 29:18 says, "For a lack of vision, what happens? People die because they don't see correctly. Now, I need you to understand, if you don't begin to see right, you will fall prey to the destruction of the enemy. Because if you, if you don't have vision, the lack of vision will bring despair. The lack of vision for your life will bring depression. The lack of vision for your life will overwhelm you and you'll be succumbed to circumstance. But if a lack of vision will kill you, then a good vision will bring life to you. A good, You get a vision from heaven, and a vision from heaven will preserve you. A vision from heaven will take you through the valley of the shadow of death and out of it. If you get a vision from heaven, you'll kick cancer's butt. If you get a vision from heaven, your marriage will be restored. If you get a vision from heaven for your life, there's no pain, no destruction, no hell that will come at you that you'll say, I give up, I quit. No, no, but if you get a vision from heaven, you can live. And not just live, but live abundantly. You can have life, and you can have life abundant. You know what's wrong with the world today? We as Christians have stopped envisioning the goodness of God in the earth. We allow it to happen, and then we don't give the vision of God for it. We let people lay sick, and we say, well, that's just too bad, rather than coming in and saying, no, let me tell you what the Spirit of the Lord says. The Spirit of the Lord says, you're going to live and not die. The Spirit of the Lord says, I'm going to bring you out. If you get a vision, you can endure pain. If you get a vision from God, you won't let trouble trouble you so much it overwhelms you. If you get a vision from God, you'll stop taking drugs. If you get a vision from God, you'll you'll be less anxious. You won't worry if you get a vision. You've got to have a vision for your life. You got to have a vision for your children. You got to have a vision for your city. You got to have a vision for your future. You got to have a vision for your for your your your, your, your children. children's, 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 children's 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 children children's children children's children. You gotta have something in you that says it's gonna last way longer than I breathe on this earth. When I die and they put me in the grave, that's gonna be my vision. Is gonna outlast me. My children will sing the song of the vision of the Lord in my life. You gotta get a vision from God. Let me tell you what Paul Paul said. Paul was talking to kings. He was talking to kings highly these strong political figures and he looked at them and they were threatening him and they said don't you know i have the power to kill you and you know what paul said let me tell you something i got a heavenly vision i got a heavenly vision I went blind for a while, and sometimes you got to go blind for a minute to see right. I went blind and got knocked off my horse for a minute, but then the Lord gave me vision. I once was blind. But now I see. Let me tell you something. What you're looking at right now ain't what it is. I can see what it is because I got a heavenly vision. I see what you can't. Why? Because I got a heavenly vision. And the powers and principalities of this earth cannot threaten me. And that's what Paul said. You can't threaten me with death. You can't threaten me with persecution. You can't put me in a jail that will hold me down because I got a heavenly vision for my life. Now let's define vision. What's vision? I like to say it like this. And I got like three or four of them. You have to bring me back more so I can give the other two or three. <laughs> but, uh, but vision is this. Vision, vision is an illustrated reality. illustrated if you don't believe me that you have to illustrate it go to Habakkuk 2 and read it he told the prophet he told the prophet mm, you you not hear me he told a prophet write the vision down make it plain why because you're gonna have to run at something you need you need an illustrated vision image to run at you need an illustrated destination so vision is an illustrated destination everybody in your mind think of think with me of your last vacation where was it you went somewhere warm son <laughs> y'all been somewhere where the close to the equator I want to go there. Matter of fact, I leave tomorrow morning for there. <laughs> right? Think of, you, think of that destination. It's an illustrated destination. Destiny. You gotta illustrate your destiny. You gotta put you reason you Ill, the reason you got that, that image in your mind is because you liked being there. That's right. I like like being there, sunshine. Boat was rocking a little bit. An illustrated destination. You have to develop an illustrated destination. We were between our second or third home, and we were shopping homes. And any realtors in the house? Any realtors? Yeah, y'all, y'all got voodoo. You guys practice voodoo, all right? I'm, a, I'm to I'm about to, I'm about to expose them right now. They got tricks in their pocket. It's like when I go to the Harley dealership. They got tricks in their pocket to get me. If they get my leg around the Harley, and then and they say, Oh no, stand it up, man. Feel it. Sit in it. And I get in it. And then they're like, You want to start it, don't you? And I'm like, I'm not starting this thing, man. I start this thing, and I'm gonna go broke. I'm leaving. <laughs> so we was between. We were, That's what they do. Get in the car, you know. Start it up. Smell the new leather. <laughs> that new car smell to get you, man. So we was we was looking at this house, and we was taking a tour of this home. And what I began to realize is that every time I'd walk into a room, I'd put my furniture in it. I put my stuff in my future. I take my present life and I start to move it into the imagination of my future. And it's called placing furniture. And so I'm looking. I'm, I'd walk through the house. And one time, I, you know, I don't like to walk with people. You know, I like to do my own thing. So I, I broke off from them. And I walked over and I looked at the garage. And I leaned up against the wall. I was looking, I said, man, I'm going to put my Harley, one Harley there, put one right there. I'll put another one right there. I'll put a refrigerator out here, maybe a TV right there, maybe a heater up there. And I was leaning up against the wall, and the realtor came down around the corner, and she said, what are you doing? And she caught me staring into an empty room. And Sometimes you've got to do that. There's going to be times in your life when you're going to have to lean up against the wall and stare into an empty room. You're going to have to stare not at what it is, but at what it's about to be. You're going to have to look at it. Not for what it is. It might be broken now. It might be small now. It might be sick now. It might be dysfunctional now. But you're going to have to get to the point to train yourself to, to lean up against Jesus and say, Help me to see what you see. I can no longer stare at this thing the way it is. I'm tired of looking at this with my eyes. I need you to show me what my future looks like through your eyes. And as I stared into that room, I didn't look at what it was. I looked at what it was going to become. And that realtor came around the corner, and here's where the voodoo starts. (laughs) She said, what are you doing? I said, nothing. She said, you're putting furniture in this room, aren't you? I said, well, yeah, if you call Harley Davidson Furniture, yeah, that's what I'm putting. You got to put, you see, until you do that, you don't have vision. You hear me? Until you have an imagination of your destiny, where you put yourself in it. In your future, you take your present tense life and you put yourself in it. You don't have a destiny. You don't have a vision. Vision is an illustrated destiny for God's people. And the Bible tells us clearly we are not to live by sight, but we are to live by Faith, man. We're not supposed to. The Bible even warns us about what will happen if we start looking with our natural eyes. It says you can't look at things the way it appears on the surface. you got to make sure, Jesus said this, you got to make sure that your eye is good, that it's full of light, that you don't allow darkness to creep into you. How does darkness creep into your eye? Okay, no, nobody looking around, everybody face forward. You know people. You and I, all, we, everyone in this room knows somebody that if you say something good, they say something bad. Yeah. If you say, oh, man, I love them pancakes that I have, they'll say, oh, those pancakes are trash. You know what I mean? If you say, oh, man, the sunshine today, oh, man, I, I, I hate when the sun They always got something bad. That's cynicism is darkness in your eye. This is why the bible tells us don't complain don't complain because what complaining does is it darkens your reality it darkens your eye it teach what cynicism does and what complaining does is it teaches you to see things incorrectly so let me ask you how's your vision today how is your vision how's your vision for your marriage for your children For this church for your work and that's an amazing vision it's an amazing vision you didn't see that you didn't see that with eyes of this world you saw that through the eyes of your father you saw something that nobody else can see and visionaries will freak you out that way they'll look at a bust that this building came from the most bizarre visionary. What was that guy's name? Tony. Tony Tony just got out of jail, right? Got out of jail. Called the realtor. Said, I want to see the building. This building. Calls the realtor. Comes here. Sees something nobody sees. Says to the realtor, you stay in the car. I'm going in to pray. Comes in. Lays down on the altar, prays, goes back out 30 minutes later, makes the realtor an obnoxiously low offer for the building. The realtor laughs, scoffs at him, and says, Listen, we're not taking that offer. I'm not taking that offer back to my client. It's, just, it's insulting. I'm not doing it. You guys got to quit doing that. Just do what we ask. I'm going to beat up on the realtors today, you know. Yeah. Hey, MSRP are lower, dude. Goes back out to the cartels. The the woman says, uh, the the realtor says, no, I'm not doing it. And he says, listen, just do it and tell your owners that we're gone. And he said, we, I didn't know if he had a frog in his pocket or he was speaking French, but he said, we, we, who is your we, son? He said, we're going to, we're going to keep it a church. She he said, okay calls them and they agreed way below market value they agreed then i get a phone call i i here's what he said i bought you a church (laughs) all you got to do is pay for it oh you bought me a church eh yeah i bought you a church and the rest the rest is history I say that to tell you, man, like God, if God gives you a vision, he'll make a way. He will finish that vision. If God gives you a vision, he'll align people to the vision that belong there. He'll take people out of the vision that don't belong there. He'll he'll edit it. He'll, He'll correct it. But if he gave you a vision, don't you dare let go of it. And I need, you, I need you to understand that this room is full today because of a man named Tony that had a vision while he was locked in jail. I need you to know that God don't care about what you care about, about your qualifications, about your failures, about your rejection. God don't care about none of that. God will give vision to whoever, whenever, wherever, whenever he wants. Doesn't care. So let's get to the text, okay. Oh, wow. It's like, <laughs> all right, so I'll, let's start. Mark 8, 22. Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and they begged the blind man to touch him. They begged Jesus to touch the blind man. And so he took, now here's, here's, here's the important part. He takes the blind man by the hand, and he leads him out of the town. And, and when he had spit in his eyes, I need a volunteer today to illustrate this. <laughs> don't ever do that. I saw a guy do that one time. You're not Jesus, don't spit on people. <laughs> it went viral, you know. This dude thought he was going to spit on somebody. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, homie, homie, just because Jesus does, man, you can't do what Jesus does. You know what I'm saying? Like, Some stuff you just got no way, buddy. I'm not spitting on nobody, you know. Don't spit on nobody. Okay. So he spits on him, spits in his eye, and then he puts his hands on him. And then he asks him, look, look, he, he puts his, he said, and when he spits in his eyes, puts his hand on he asked him, do you see anything? Do you see anything? Do you see anything at all? This tells me, this is a bonus. This tells me that vision is progressive. Vision is progressive. If there was one person that could touch you that could make your vision instantly cured, it should have been Jesus. It tells me it got nothing to do with Jesus. it got everything to do with you. How you see has everything to do with you and not Jesus. Stop blaming it on Jesus. Start fixing your vision. Fix what you see. It's got nothing to do with Jesus. What do you see, he said. And the man said this, look what the man said. He said, I see men like trees walking. I see, I'll paraphrase. I see a little bit, I, I could see a little bit. I'm a little better, I'm, I'm a little stronger, I, I'm getting better, but I'm not all the way there. Something happened, not, all, not everything happened, but, but something happened. How many can say something happened? Something happened. I'm not all the way there, but I'm going to tell you what. Something happened to me. Something happened. I'm not there all the way yet, but I'm telling you something happened, Jesus. Something happened. And then Jesus, he puts, he doesn't spit on him again, but he does take his hands back and puts his hands back on him. And he makes him look up. He makes him change his Focus. Change your focus and you'll change your vision. Stop looking at the wrong things. You'll start. Th- you'll stop thinking the wrong things. Stop focusing on the negative. You'll stop experiencing the negative. Change your focus. And he and the Bible says this. He was restored and saw clearly. Three things I want you to take away from this today. and I'm going to be quick. First is your vision is only as clear as your last touch from Jesus. Second thing, vision is impaired. Your vision is impaired by exposure to what is common. And then lastly, the greater the touch of Jesus, the greater the offense to your flesh. (laughs) Because everybody wants to see right, but don't nobody want to get spit in their eye. Meaning, everybody wants to see clearly But not everybody wants Jesus to deal with their flesh. Jesus, I want. I want all the blessings that you have. I want all the favor that you have. But I want to stay nasty. I want to stay funky. I want to cuss still. I want to smoke still. I want to drink still. I want to be all I used to be and more. I just want the more. Could you just give me the more? Jesus said, no, if you want to see right, I'm going to have to insult your flesh. I'm going to bring, I'm gonna have to bring an indictment on the person you used to be to get you to become the person I formed you to be. I'm going to have to touch you. Whenever I touch you, it's going to offend you. So we'd be wise to hang around with people, visionaries, that touch our flesh in a way that make us better. You should, you should get away from anybody that allows you to become less than Jesus paid for. You should get yourself around some people that, that bring indictment to your character, that say, man, I want to be like that guy. I want my life to, I want to emulate that dude. I'm trying, I'm stop, I'm, I'm going to quit hanging around with these guys. I'm going to go hang around with that dude some more. Because every time I'm around that guy, I feel convicted a little bit. Get yourself around some people that bring conviction to your life. Visionaries will do that because visionaries and and the reason you need to is because 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 they'll do it to you They'll look through you There's uh, Rita McPherson is gonna be here in about a month Palm Sunday mark your calendar Rita McPherson's gonna be here, but you know Rita has this way She will stare right through you scary God eyes scary Jesus eyes man and you're like she's looking at you and you're like hey dude stop looking at me like that man it's making me very uncomfortable because she's not seeing she's looking through you into your future and that's and you know and it could be it could be offensive because you're like well what's wrong with me now you don't like who I am now and and it's not that it's just that God sees you and you as so much more. God sees so much more. You saw the surface; God saw the destiny. You see the opportunity; God sees heaven. So get yourself around some people that bring conviction to you. They're like man won't let you be comfortable being the same people you were last year, the year before that. Won't let you live in fear, won't let you live in doubt, won't let you be cynical, won't let you be negative, won't let you be a victim, because you're more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength. You you are more than a conqueror, you never lose. So there were two touches here. I want I, so quickly, there were two touches. Jesus spit. You ever ask yourself, well, Jesus, why do you have to spit on a dude? Right. <laughs> Jesus did some stuff. Jesus Man, I love Jesus, you know? And I love him for different reasons, you know what I mean? Some people are like, man, Jesus, that's cold. That's cold right there, Jesus. You just, like, like Jesus, you do some stuff, mm, mm, Jesus, that wasn't right. But it was right, but it wasn't. But like, I like you for that, Jesus. I like you that you spit on him. He spits on him. Why did you spit on him, Jesus? They're in the middle of the desert. And I, yeah, I know, I messed up. And a lot of, lot of, you know, if you research a little bit, what you find out is th- this man had an infection in his eyes. He had an infection. You ever wake up with the sleep in your eyes and your eyes are, are sealed shut? It's going around right now, pink eye or something, you know. And, and you wake up. One time, it was about, about a year ago, I tried to wake up, and I, I went to open my eyes. And I'm like, they wouldn't open, you know. I'm like, oh, no, what's going on, you know. Well, there was an infection. The infection set in, and the infection... Any infection left untreated will bring deep impairment. Any infection that you leave untreated in your life will bring deep impairment to your life. He's in the middle of the desert, has this infection. What the infection represents is our sin. And any, any sin in your life that's left untreated, mm. uncovered in the blood. If, now, the stuff you don't know yet, you're not responsible for that. But the stuff you know of, that, you, that the, when the blood's poured out, you pull that back under and you say, no, nah, I like that part of me. I'm not going to treat that with the blood yet. I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to be cleansed of that yet. Any sin in your life left untreated will create an infection that will that will impair your vision. So your sin has an effect on how you This is why we like to hang around certain people because we don't have to pretend to be something we're not. They make us comfortable with our sin, but they also keep us blind. So any sin, so what does Jesus do? With his, how does he treat? He spits. Why does he spit? He spits because he's a good shepherd. And if you got a shepherd, if you got a shepherd that won't touch your sin, get away from him. Right. Yeah. 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 Listen to me. The world is, right now... Wrong is right, right is wrong, left is right, right is left, up is down, down is up, man, woman, woman, man, everything in between. But if you've got a shepherd that won't touch your sin, get up out of there. Don't hang around that place for too long because they don't have the remedy for what's broke you. So Jesus, the good shepherd, spits in his eye, insults his flesh. He does that because he is the balm of Gilead. Mm. He is the salve of healing to sin in our life. He He is the remedy for sin. So what does he do? Spits in his eye, moistens the crust of sin, pulls it away. So there's the first touch dealt with sin. Then he touches him again. And the second touch dealt with unbelief. And we're going to get to that here in a minute. But unbelief. What is is unbelief? Any belief about yourself that's not matched to to God. That's an unbelief. All of us deal with unbelief. Unbelief is interesting. You know where unbelief is? It's not on the outside. Unbelief is on the inside. Your unbelief comes from here. It comes from here. So your your vision is only as good as your last touch from Jesus. Ask yourself this. When was the last time you touched him? When was the last time he touched you. Because vision, your vision, is only as good as your last touch. That tells me that one touch doesn't do it. That's right. That's right. You know what that debunks? The notion of eternal security. Ooh. T- step on. The- <laughs> you cannot get saved once. Call on the name of the Lord. And I don't presume to know anything. Really, I don't. But what this does teach me is that if you're going to see right, it's going to take constant visits to the Lord. Sunday's not going to be enough. Monday morning's not going to be enough. Tuesday's not going to be enough. Wednesday's not going to be enough. I need to see him every day because every day the world's pressing in and trying to get me to see things incorrectly. Every day the world's trying to affect how I see what I see. It's trying to distort, pervert, deform. It's, it's trying to affect how I see. So I have, he ha- I, I, I must touch him. That's why we can no longer settle for services. We need touches. Yeah, man, we can't come in here, sing a few songs, hear a nice sermon and walk out the door and think that was enough. Man, I'm not leaving here, Jesus, till you touch me. I'm not leaving here, Jesus, until you spit on me in some way or another. I need you to indict me because I need to become the fool and I need to get there fast, Jesus. Man, that you might come back, you might break the sky tomorrow morning. I need you here tonight. I need your power now. I need your anointing now. I need it now. I need yeah, it. I need it. Yeah, I gotta have that's it. That's right. That's right. So your so so your vision's only going to be as good as your last touch. Um. The deeper healing, the deeper the offense to your flesh. So he's going to have to. Uh, he's going to have to touch you in the places. Where you're blind, in the places where you're sick, in the places where you think perverted, in the places that insult you the most is where Jesus wants to touch you. Yeah, in the secret places that you don't tell nobody about, in the shameful places, in those places where Jesus wants to touch you, in the places where you think you're cursed, that's where He wants to touch you. So what, what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to change your location to see right. God's going to lead you away from what is common in 2023. He took the man by the hand. Why did he take him by the hand? He said, come on, man, you're blind. And all those folks are blind too. I can't have you hanging out with those people. And he took him away from what he knew. You know God does this to every man or woman of God that he deals with. He will pull you out of everything you know, everything that brings you comfort, everything that brings you security. Every man or every patriarch, every matriarch of God in the Bible, God had to remove them from what they knew in order to get them to see what he had for them. Jesus went so far as to say this. He said this. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. And because of that, I can't do anything. And we wonder why God's not doing nothing. And it's probably because we've allowed ourselves, we've, we've made him common. We've remained in places that are common to us. We put God in a box. But God's like, listen, I'm going to take you to new places in 2023. I'm going to lead you out of the common. I got to get you away from all of those people that think like that, that, that say that. I'm leading you out of the common. He had to take him away. His, your environment matters. Your home environment matters to your children. What's on your television matters. Conversations they hear matter. It matters what they hear. matters what they see. Your, there's a scripture. I love this scripture. It says, and Solomon sat on the throne of his father David with peace. That tells me the security and the peace of my children are dependent upon the strength of my throne. And if my throne be strong, if I go boldly before the throne of grace in heaven, I can establish a throne on earth where my children can experience peace, and there be no war that they can con- that that will conquer them. They can they can they won't have to look over their shoulder for the enemy. And, and that's where Solomon sat. He sat on that throne, and he said, "Every giant and the lion in the, in the land has been killed by my father David. He didn't just kill Goliath. But he had an army of giant killers that killed every threat to his son that sat on his throne. And I'm telling you today, you've got to establish strength in your land. you got to get away from what's common. What's common will kill your vision. What's common will keep the dead dead. What's common will keep the deaf dead death. What's common will keep perversity in the Lamb. You've got to get away from it and listen to what Peter said. Be saved from this perverse generation. And I close with this. We was on our way. Dad's house. The hurricane. Mom and dad have a Mom and Dad got a house down in Southern Florida. It's a nice little modest house. We go there occasionally, and and uh, it was just after Hurricane Ian, and Dad was worried. He couldn't see anything. He, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get eyes on his house. It wasn't. He didn't know what was going on. So I said, "Hey, Dad, let's get in a, let's get in the truck. Let's go down and let's." Let's go let's go see what we got. You know, let's, go, let's go talk to his neighbors When we said, I think everything's okay. He, he wanted to get inside and see it. And so we rented a truck. Uh, that's a whole other sermon, that truck story. That's a whole other sermon. But we got in this truck and and uh, and when we got there, uh, they didn't have the, the, the vehicle we rented. Now we reserved a vehicle, but the one we reserved, they said, oh, that's not here. And I said, Well, where'd it go? So well, you know, it's not here. You can pick anything out there you want. So, so we walked around. We, we looked, and we found this uh, Toyota 4Runner or something, I think it was. And, and I said, I'll take that, you know. That's good enough. And uh, he said, well, that one's dirty. And I said, it's okay. We'll clean it, man. I got to go. Let's go. We got to go. And so uh, me and Adrian were driving Dad down, and Dad had the little dog. He got this little white, little white dog about this big. And that was his dog on the trip, you know. It's just his dog. And so, Dad, so we get in, and this—I mean, this truck is dirty, dirty. Like I don't know what. There was a bunch of hobos living in it for a couple months or something. I don't know what's going on. But there was potato chips and pizza crust and everything. It was just trash everywhere. So we took we took as much trash out as we could, but we were in a hurry. We loaded up the truck and we took everything out. We threw it in the garbage. And I said, like, "Get in, Dad. Let's go." Dad gets in the back with the little cute dog he's in the middle he's in the middle row you know and every once in a while he leaned forward and he talked to us you know and me and adrian in the front i'm driving and uh and as we're driving uh, i look up as we leave i said man i can't see it's dirty windshield's all dirty and and and, and me they and don't worry about it we'll, we'll, we'll clean it when we get down the road we got to get out you know it man you know how we are we got to get a state removed from where we start before we can even stop i'm not li- i'm not I, right I'm not pulling over till I get to West Virginia or, 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 or Kentucky I'm not stopping like, like we are not we, uh, you want to pee you got to pee in a cup we're not stopping till Kentucky or West Virginia one or the other but we're, we're not stopping right so that's where because that's how life is life is that way you won't stop you won't stop. You just keep driving. We're driving a 4,000-pound missile down the road and can barely see. I can't see nothing. My vision is severely impaired. It's so bad. I'm. We're driving and I could just see blocks of things. I can't see. You know, like I. I couldn't even really see colors. It was so bad. It was so bad. That's. But but you know you know 75, 80, 95, 100 miles an hour. Adrian, not me. Adrian. I repent and we drove real fast and we get a state removed we get out we get out in uh in down in virginia we didn't even stop till we got to virginia we pulled over and we we get out and get gas and we're we're washing it and adrian said jump in and see i said i said a little better it's a little better i can see a little bit come on we ain't got time get in the car get in let's go we gotta go jumps in we take off man we we take off some more so I still can't. I can't see, man. There's something wrong with the windshield, dude. The windshield's broke. This, this thing, the dirt. I, we were like, man, the dirt must be like sandblasted or something. Like permanent damage happened. Like this thing must have been a sandstorm or something, that's what it looked like. And and so, we get it, we get a couple more stages down the road, we jump off, wash the windshield again, <laughs> get the gas in, and jump back in because you got it. Because life does not stop, and we got to get there as fast as we can, and, and we, we, we got to get there, you know. We got a destination, to get there. and so we do it again, get back out. So I cannot see, dude, there's something wrong with the windshield. You know, a lot of times, I roll the window down. look. We get all the way to Florida. Dude, we drove all the way to Florida. We pull into the gas station. We're about to wash the outside again. Dad leans forward. Here's what I want you to hear me. Wisdom is leaning forward. And wisdom is saying, it's not on the outside, boys. dog and it's him. I I think it's on the inside, guys. I lean forward. Wouldn't you know it, Dad? That thing, it was, it was dirty on the inside the whole time. dealt with your sin. No doubt. I'm sure everybody in here, man, everybody in here gave their heart to Jesus. If not, just about everybody. Maybe, you know, a good majority of people watching. They, their sins been dealt with. The crust of sin's been removed. But what is affecting your vision now is false belief. What you believe about you is sabotaging your future. What happened to you what they did, what they did, what didn't happen. Disappointment. Despair. I'm I'm not not minimizing it. Like broken, like real real pain happens, man. Like like I'm telling you, like I I realize it. You know, I shared a story. My first marriage ended in infidelity. God, God healed me of that rejection and shame and disqualification he healed me in a second i'm telling you i remember where i was and he healed and i want you to know the power of god to heal you is instantaneous when god heals he heals now he doesn't he doesn't need another time to heal you He doesn't need, like it doesn't take God forever. It takes God one word, one second, one touch, one drop of oil from the hem of Jesus will make you whole. will stop the bleeding. And it did. I woke up. I woke up from the doorstep of death. I had three inches of snow on me. I was drunk. I went. To, I passed out drunk. I woke up in the middle of uh, in my backyard. I woke, up, uh, and I heard the voice of God. And in that moment, I know I was healed and restored. But it took. Tw- Listen to me. I was healed and restored in an instant. It took 22 years to renew my mind. It took 22 years to deal with the false belief of one act of infidelity. One moment of betrayal took 22 years to to fix on the inside. And most of us are, are healed on the outside. Our sin is paid for. He's a good God. He hung on a cross, died not just for you, but He died as you. It's not your sin. It became His sin. Your sin is taken care of. Now what needs to happen today is you need a touch from God on the inside. You need to be restored From the inside, you need to be clean. on the inside. Jesus doesn't cover you. Jesus cleanses you. He cleans the inside as well as the outside. With me today, come on, stand on your feet. If you're here today and you say, man, I know in my life there are some things I need him to touch. I know there's some pain, there's some trauma. There's some stuff in my life I need Him to touch. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here today. I pray right now for the dirt on the inside. The shame on the inside. It wasn't your fault. You didn't deserve it. God loves you so much. If you'll just let him, and you gotta let them, let him touch your heart right now. Touch, heal to the uttermost. Heal hearts from divorce. Heal hearts from rejection. Heal hearts from fathers who walked away, mothers who gave us up heal our hearts touches jesus and now i declare over every family i declare entire families now are going to be restored because of your obedience say god touch my family help us to heal from everything that has brought dirt on the inside god restore make alive heal to the uttermost like only you can, I bless you today. just receive just open your hands to receive a blessing i bless you today in jesus name i declare you are cleansed not just on the outside but on the inside i declare god is a wonder working god you have favor you have you have increase you have anointing you are strong in the lord and the power of his might. you are victorious in the mighty name of jesus the blessing of the lord follows you you have the favor of the most high god upon your life now and for Forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for being a part.